Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Atypical Youth Ministry Podcast. Episode 21, I am calling this the episode of the Rebel Alliance. I like that uh, because I love the Rebel Alliance. Um, I don't know if you know this, but when I title them and put them online, I never use your titles. That's fine. They're pretty weak for the most part anyway, and I recognize that. But I, we're talking about small groups today, so the Rebel Alliance was a pretty kind of a small group at first. Compared to the Empire, which yeah. I fought against. Yeah. Well, we are the chosen ones. I'm Jeff. I'm Joey. And I'm Erica. And we are talking small groups today. We're talking about uh, what do we think about them, how do we structure them, and how are you utilizing them right now in the middle of this pandemic? So we'll be right back after this musical interlude. And we're back and we are talking about small groups today, which is a very important part of youth ministry for a lot of people. Uh, would you say that small groups are an important part of your ministry? Uh, I would say they are now. Uh, when I, well, like back in the early years, when I first started, our youth group was basically a small group as it is. And so if we were gonna make small groups, it would have been groups of two or three. Um, and so we didn't really utilize small groups until youth groups started getting, getting a lot bigger. And then I added uh, more volunteers. And so it just made sense to flow into small groups. And so now, well, you know, yeah. Uh, groups of two or three are perfect for church discipline because when two or three are gathered together in Jesus' name, there he is in the midst of them. But that, that passage is actually about church discipline. So that would have been a perfect setup. Like, duping the kids or a kid into thinking you're going into small groups and then actually throwing them out of the church. That would have been fun. Good times. Yes. That would have been like the, the first version of survivor. You know, you, you mock that, but uh, when I first got hired at grace within like the first month, we excommunicated a dude. <laughs> I'm going, <laughs> Oh my goodness. What did I just get into? We're just, I thought, wow, how often does this happen? I mean, it's never happened since, but within my first month, we were knocking some dude out. Damn. I remember, I remember growing up in church. Uh, I remember three different times that somebody was brought up on church discipline, which is how our church uh, phrased excommunication. And as a kid, I thought, this is nuts. Like I'm, I was so scared every time I uh, did something wrong. Like, I wonder how far do you have to go before you get kicked out of this place? Uh, but then I realized pretty quickly, you could go pretty far as long as you tithed a lot. We had a guy <laughs> well, yeah. And I think if you just express, I would still like to go to church. I think like with, we will let anybody then it's like, okay, you know, with this guy and I find this ironic, like, you know, he was, he left his wife and uh, you know, he's, you know, the elders of the leadership work with them saying, Hey, we just want you to, you know, stop living with this other woman and come back to church and try to work it out with your wife. He says, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. And they did the whole like process. And then, you know, the thing is, we're going to teach you a lesson. You don't want to go to church. 
well, we're not going to let you be a member. That'll teach you a thing or two. <laughs> like, you know, how is this discipline? Okay, we're on the wrong topic, but I have to ask this. Did they go in front of the church to make this an, an announcement for everybody? Yes. Well, at first yeah. it was all like, you know, there's someone you need to pray for. We're not saying who it is. And eventually, in we're, we're Christian Forum, so we got a form for everything. <laughs> there's a form in the back, in the back of our hymnal. Yes. <laughs> so go in the back of our hymnal. There's an excommunication form, and we used it quite and then, well. Do you get to keep the hymnal like as a parting gift in that situation? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, it, it would be a nice thing to remind them of like, hey, you know, there is a restoration form too. So, I mean, whatever. I've always, last point on this, I've always felt like church discipline by the time it got to let's publicly shame you in front of the church was a lot less about restoration and a lot more about uh, righteous indignation. I, I don't think people come back from that. That's just my <laughs> thought on it. So, all right, let's talk about small groups. <laughs> small groups. Erica, Erica, are they an important part of your uh, yeah. ministry? We do small groups every time that we have a normal youth group meeting. And it was something that I actually introduced to the church that they weren't doing beforehand because they had a whole year where it was run by volunteers. And so I had a lot of volunteers when I came in. And that was my initial reason for doing small groups was actually because I had tons of volunteers that were equipped and ready to do something other than just babysit children. And so that was the original reason why I did small groups was to give them something practical, like here's what you're here for, to run the small group, to make connections with this select group of kids that are yours. I want you to kind of take hold of this grade of kids. And so now it's a, probably the thing that kids like the most about youth group. If we have a night and there's not small groups, they are very disappointed. Yeah, our kids would not like it if we didn't, pardon me, our students wouldn't like it uh, if we didn't do small groups. I also introduced it to my church uh, when I started. Uh, they really, there was the former youth pastor and her husband were youth leaders. And, the, uh, and then there was one other parent that was youth leader, but uh, she didn't really have a defined role. So I started uh, small groups. Uh, and part of that, uh, part of my philosophy, which will merge into philosophy, uh, is that uh, youth pastors, unfortunately, do come and go, uh, but volunteers tend to be around longer. And so I didn't think it was smart to have a ministry that was solely focused on my relationship with those kids or their relationship with me, uh, but that they should have other adults in their lives that were uh, very involved in the ministry so that if God sent me uh, somewhere else, that it wasn't total instability. And, and I felt that way because, um, well, for a couple reasons, but one of them was that was my, I was starting my third youth, uh, my third ministry job uh, in four years. And so I, I felt a little nervous going into it. Like, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. So I need to make sure that this thing isn't centered around me. Mm -hmm. I remember praying that I would make it two years. And then I prayed that I would make it five and now um, I'm almost now you, to 11. Uh, now you pray to get out. <laughs> no, no, I don't pray to get out, but I, um, I, I don't really pray about longevity anymore. It's kind of like, whatever you want to do, God. <laughs> like, I, I, how much more can I really ask for at this point? I've gotten um, almost uh, six times my original request. I think we're, we're living on uh, borrowed grace here. So, uh, do you guys have a particular philosophy on it? Uh, I, 
my philosophy has been uh, evolving, if I may use that word, uh, over all these years. Uh, when the youth group started growing uh, in numbers, uh, I saw the need for the small groups. And then I just looked at who my leadership was at the time. And I just kind of like looked at the kids and, and just kind of divided them up into small groups uh, and not based on grade, but by uh, kind of personalities that I thought would need to be together. And then I gave them to the personalities of my leaders who I thought would work out well. So it was, it was kind of like a really thought process. Um, and then eventually I got to a stage where I had four couples who were leaders in my high school youth group. And I go, huh, I got four grades four couples, I quickly did the math. And so ever since then, our that's philosophy, yes. Yeah, that's a math problem you can actually do. So ever since then, our philosophy of small groups is all grade based. And so each uh, couple that is a volunteer has a specific grade and they stay with that grade for those all four years. Um, so that builds uh, really a, a great relationship with that couple and those kids. And also, uh, it adds, hey, wouldn't you like to stay around for at least four years as volunteers because you're going to want to see those kids all the way through, right? And so that actually, not that my, I lose volunteers very often, but uh, that's part of the whole philosophy. And then I, uh, I use small groups pretty much uh, every Sunday night, and I use them after my message, and then I, I'll give our leaders a heads up of what I'm talking about and where they want to go with this. And each of our kids, and I think I stole this idea from you as a prayer journal, and uh, you know, and then they give those journals to their leaders every week, who take them home and pray for them and and write responses responses into them, and so that's all part of our small group kind of philosophy and what we use them for. So, your turn, Erica. You got into some structure stuff too in there, so I'll okay. I'll do a little structure stuff as well as my philosophy. But like I said, my philosophy really came from wanting a practical place for leaders to feel like they were um, providing spiritual insight and having like meaningful connections with kids. And so that's what the philosophy and purpose of my small groups is to form deeper connections with each other and with their leaders and to do spiritual stuff too, obviously. So there's some sort of practical application, whether that's doing it on their own in small groups or just talking amongst themselves in small groups. That's kind of my philosophy for it. We structure ours so that it's after my message. I know, Jeff, yours is a little like some half your kids do it before the message, half the kids do it after the message. Ours is all Spoiler after. Spoiler alert. You've said it in this podcast before, so oh, okay. it's not going to be news to people. But um, yeah, so all of ours are after the message and they spend about a half an hour doing small groups. If I give them less than that, they go over. So they spend a half an hour of our designated hour and a half in small groups. And most of my like upper class and small groups will end up spending another 15 to 20 minutes after youth group is done, still doing stuff in their small groups. So it's really become a place of connection, I think. And it's, I was a little surprised by that just because my group is small. It's not like we necessarily need small groups because we're too big, but what it does is create like more meaningful connections with the few that they have. And so they're all split up by grades as well. And I follow a very similar philosophy. I don't have all married couples, but I have a group of either two or three 
that are with that grade. And so then this year they moved up with whatever grade they were with last year. My senior leaders last year, a couple graduated out and didn't come back. And then one of my couples came back and started with the freshmen again. And so they're gonna hopefully do the next four year cycle with that group as well. So that's my philosophy slash little bit of structure on how we do our small groups. All right, well, uh, here it is. My philosophy is basically this. And this is something that I live by and I always have and I always will. Don't ever, for any reason, do anything <laughs> to anyone for any reason, ever. ever. No matter what, no matter, what. No matter where, or who, where or whom you're with, or where you are going, or where you've been, ever, for any reason whatsoever. Uh, that's basically my philosophy on uh, ministry, small groups, life. Can we just say, I'm impressed that you memorized that. I, well, I, I bet he's reading it from somewhere. I was reading it. <laughs> <laughs> I did read it. Uh, that is correct. Um, my philosophy, just to circle back to, is I think that I, we're finding that the idea of having one adult for five kids is not good for the, the students, that students really need, uh, it really should be five or six uh, key adults in their lives that are Christians, that are moving in the right direction, that they have a relationship with that can encourage them. And so having small groups, I think, helps uh, facilitate that. Because when they, when they get out of high school, obviously a lot of them do connect with me, but they don't all connect with me at the same level. Uh, but it, my, my leaders are different than me, obviously. They're, you know, some are very young, some are uh, older than me, um, some are parents of teenagers, some are not. I guess I'm, I'm a parent of a student now, uh, but uh, just people at different life stages so that they can um, find someone that they connect very well with. Because I want them to be able to uh, have people to uh, stay with them and uh, people they can refer back to when they get out of church. But if it's just uh, structural and not relational, then they won't. Like I wouldn't, our growing up, we had what was called uh, DIA groups, discipleship in action. And I think that was very word of life specific. And so I had a different leader for every year. And their whole thing was making sure I did my quiet time, listening to me say verses that I had memorized. It wasn't relational, it was structural. And so when I got out of high school, I didn't really talk to them. I didn't, like, I don't, I, I never uh, circled back for life advice from uh, any of them because they were there to hear that I'd done my quiet time and hear any verses I'd memorized. And that those weren't the issues I was facing uh, when I got out of high school. So I think it's really important to be relational so they have someone to uh, circle back with. Uh, so you guys talked a little bit about structure and Erica gave mine, so I'll just... Uh, give a little bit, uh, just a little bit more on that. Uh, we do not do just by grade. Uh, I actually have, um, I have four small groups, middle school guys, middle school girls, high school guys, high school girls. Um, although next year, the middle school guys will probably have to be two small groups because they're just so, there's so many of them. And you cannot get that many middle school boys to stay focused uh, for one period of time. We were already uh, on the verge of having too many of them. And we didn't lose any, we didn't actually have, or we lost one. We had one eighth grader, uh, but he was actually the most well-behaved, quiet one. So losing him actually is a, 
it's subtraction by subtraction. And then we have four sixth grade boys uh, moving into that group. And they're all a little squirrely. I like to believe that the youth masters kid will be okay, but I live with him. So I think he's going to be wild. Um, so we do that. We split it by four into four groups. Um, and part of the reason for that is I just never felt like we were big enough to have grade specific. Like if we had grade specific last year, uh, one of our students would have been the only person in his small group and that would be terrible. So, um, I like, yes, yeah, so that happens sometimes cause we're not That's a huge church. Mentoring. Yeah. Well, you get one-on-one discipleship for the next nine months, whether you like it or not. So, well, really, if you then in that model, they stick with them, you'd have a one-on-one -on -one mentor for like seven years. And we do that. If you didn't like that person, that'd be a bummer yes. uh, for the student or the leader. <laughs> One of them didn't like the other. So we structure it that way. And then, yeah, we do um, small groups before the message for the middle schools so they can get uh, prepped and they can start thinking through um, what the topic is. So then when I'm teaching it, they're not coming in from nothing. Uh, and then the high school has a little bit more of a baseline. So I actually teach them first and then they go to small groups. Uh, middle school only gets half an hour and they don't need half an hour. Uh, and high school gets um, 45 minutes to an hour. And usually parents are texting me, asking me to find their kid to send them out because uh, they're in those groups as long as, uh, until I go and get them usually they're in those groups. So that's, that's how we uh, structure and approach small groups. And then most of the time they're going through questions that I write that they can um, either get ready for or unpack the message. Um, though some of that will change uh, next year, but I'm not prepared to talk about my new structure yet because it's not in place and I don't know if it works, but I'm excited about it. Uh, but that's, that's what we're doing uh, currently, or we're doing. Now we're in a pandemic, so we're not doing normal stuff. Let's take a break for a second. Let's talk about Movie Monday. If you're, if you're new to joining us, we, uh, we all used to go to movies together on Monday. We obviously don't right now. Uh, we don't go anywhere because uh, the government said we're not allowed to. And um, you can decide for yourself whether or not that's good advice. Um, probably the M89 theater was okay because we could have all sat six feet apart and been the only ones in those theaters on Monday mornings. <laughs> but they also <laughs> never clean that place. So that's, that's true. It, it has viruses from a year ago that, <laughs> that the government thinks were passed. They're in there at yeah. M89. Uh, so what we're doing right now is we're watching stuff that you can watch online. And this one uh, was on live TV. You'll have to catch it on demand uh, or on your DVR. Maybe you've already seen it. We're talking about the Disney family sing-along. Yes. No. Uh, before yes. we, before we stop, you're rating it. Um, <laughs> before you rate it, let's let's ask a couple of Disney questions. Number one, do you love Disney? Yes. Yes. Also, yes. Although I bet we like different movies because I am the father of uh, boys. Joey, you're the father of only girls, and Erica, you're a lady. So we probably have some different interests here, but uh, I do love That's Disney. I was not a princess kid. I don't. Actually, I, that doesn't surprise me. Like, I don't care about princess movies really at all, unless they're singing in them. Mostly I don't, except for one. Uh, what's your favorite Disney movie? No Star Wars, no Marvel, just like classic Disney. Real Disney. Yeah. Aladdin. 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 Yeah, Aladdin counts. It's still classic. It's like, no, it's, I'm it's going almost with the 30 cartoon. years old. 
yeah, the, orig the, the original, original Aladdin. But does Pixar oh. count as Disney? No. Yeah. Uh, oh. No, I yeah. don't think so. Okay. So no Toy Story. No, no, okay. they and, and I think Toy Story the first one was Pixar before Disney anyway. So you can't count that. I think it's that's fair. If we're going to separate out Star Wars and Marvel as separate franchises doing work with Disney, it's fair to eliminate Pixar. Yes. Mm. Jeff, Even though I have a dope Pixar mug right here. You do. What's your call, Jeff? What's your favorite Disney? Oh, do I even ask? Whatever. Go ahead. It's it's Mulan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, listen, Mulan is the, the baddest of the princesses. She didn't need to be saved. In fact, she's the one that saved the guy in that one, and she saved the entire empire of China, which I know is probably not popular in these times, but I'm not, I don't, I don't have a specific problem with the people of China. Uh, the government's a little shifty. Um, but yeah, I like Mulan. I also really like the song, uh, Make a Man Out of You. I think that is uh, both very catchy and hilarious. I, I don't know, I just always found it funny and I, I like a good laugh. Uh, Mushu is Eddie Murphy's greatest voiceover. Forget okay. Donkey, forget okay. Donkey and Shrek. It's Mushu all day, way underrated. So yeah, I like Mulan, not because of course I do, but there's merit to it, Joey. All right, Erica, I talked longer to give you time to come up with a non-Pixar well, one. I'm struggling to come up with things that aren't Pixar because I grew up in the era of Pixar. Like, Fine, give us a Pixar. Toy Story no. is like, <laughs> fantastic. Toy Story can count in a way because it has music. So some of the, like and Big Hero 6 too. doesn't have that, that musical note to it where it's not like a normal Disney movie, but Toy Story was a different type of animation for the same well, kind of movie. I'm also gonna throw out that like Finding Nemo was probably like my favorite movie at the time. And that's very much like Pixar-y. But I think if I'm gonna go with one that isn't Pixar, I'm gonna go with a classic of Beauty and the Beast. And uh, usually I wouldn't pick princess movies, but the music in that, like that's one of my favorite musicals too, because I just think the music in that one is spot on. It, it is, which brings us to uh, the Disney family sing-along. First, your rating, Erica. Um, to review, our ratings are you would never watch it, even in a quarantine. You'd watch it only in a quarantine, or you'd watch it outside of a quarantine. And I would watch this outside of a quarantine all day because I'm a sucker for all things Disney music both Disney and music and Disney music. And my only complaint will be some of the choices they made in which songs they sang. Like you had some of the greatest people ever singing. Like personally, the Demi Lovato, Michael Bublé song, I was waiting the whole time for, and it was disappointing. I barely know that song. Why You could have picked some fantastic song for them to sing. So a little disappointed with some of the song choices. I'm but a little disappointed with some of the artist choices too. I'll just throw that out there. There's some rando people in there that I could- Whatever that country band was, one of the guys singing just did not sound good. 
I don't think and that was, was like the second or third song and it just was a real letdown my guess was that he was the drummer now i don't know anything about that band so i don't know but he <laughs> was like a drummer so. that was not a drummer and that is a pretty solid vocal band i think you just, you just had maybe a bad connection or off day for that guy but let's not yeah. get onto that you could get on the nuances of song selection uh, all day long I'm just going to say I will watch it outside of pandemic, outside of quarantine, all day and every day. Um, In a box I, with a fox. Yes. And my only disappointment was that I did watch it with the majority of my family. And my youngest and I sang the majority of all the songs because it was a sing-along. Uh, my wife sang very little. And Erica barely sang at times. And... I was a little bit, that was my only disappointment that I really anticipated her singing, uh, if not more, but at least as much as Elise and I, and we got less. I wanted to hear them sing. That's not right. what it was. It was, <laughs> it a, was sing a sing along. along. Sing right, so if they do along. round two, you know I'll be there for it, and you know I'll break quarantine to come down, and I'll sing with you. Okay. Perfect. My rating is... Uh, not due to Disney songs in general, but just the the way it was done. That's a quarantine watch for me. Uh, I was a little disappointed by a couple things. Well, very disappointed. First of all, the very best one was the very first one. That, uh, the Beauty and the Beast, uh, Be Our Guest, that was like through the roof, so good. And everything after that was such a disappointment compared to it. Um, on a personal note, um, I know he did the voice, but watching like 80-year-old Donny Osmond uh, sing <laughs> Make a Man Out of You was very weird. And the kids in that ruined it. Listen, I'm, it's Make a Man Out of You. It's not, it's not it's time for your – I don't care. <laughs> wow. I don't care. Listen, he should have watched it with his grandkids at home and sang along at home. I didn't want to watch it. You I know, also, to, as a good woman, that was only like – uh, one tenth of all of his grandkids, probably. Those probably. Were the cream of the crop. So yeah. that was a that was a quarantine one for me, just because with the bad cameras and the song selection, there were a lot of things about it. I had it in my head that this was going to be the best. The first song only heightened my expectations, and then uh, the first song should have been the last one. It was that good. Were your expectations high for this? Yeah. See, and I think that's the difference. I didn't even know that this had happened. And I was literally getting ready to leave my parents' house, and then they throw this on TV, and I didn't even know it existed. So I had zero expectations going into it. And so then I was pleasantly surprised to find that it was a notch above YouTube videos. All right, so yeah, if you want to watch it and you listen to what I have said about it, and then you watch it, you're going to love it. But exactly. if you listen to what Joey has said about it, <laughs> you're going to come away salty like you me. Know, and really? by the way, the only reason I watched it was because uh, Joey sent me a text telling me to watch it uh, because we had another movie we were going to review, which uh, didn't turn out to be family friendly at all. And not so, even close. Not even close. We don't <laughs> want it on a podcast at all. And so um, I watched it and you, you said it was so good and I believed you. That Sorry. was the thing. It was the, it was the expectations. All right, let's get back to small groups. Obviously, times are different. Uh, how are you utilizing small groups and how are you empowering small group leaders during the pandemic, Joey? Um, as far as leaders, um, I, I'm struggling with that. Uh, my leaders 
uh, I invite them to our Bible studies that they can come to and, and uh, be a part of. But uh, once in a while, a leader will pop up just to say hi, but that's about it. I'm not asking them to do a whole lot more than that right now. Um, but we are separating you know, our Bible studies into grade groups uh, just because uh, logistics-wise, numbers are just way too much for me to handle online. And uh, it just it's a, it was just a train wreck the first couple times. So now we're kind of going down that road. Uh, we're going to do some gaming online with the kids, and we're going to have uh, winners from each small group that I'll give the, the awards to. So we're going to keep utilizing that during this time, but that's about it for us. Okay. What about you, Erica? We are in a, in a sense kind of in summer mode in the sense that like during the summer, I really don't ask anything of my leaders. We just kind of have a few events every month that I invite them to. And so that's a little bit more what our online stuff is looking like is that we have Sunday night, like we did a Zoom last, like on Sunday night, this past Sunday night, and I have leaders who will tune in and they'll be engaged, they'll be a part of it, but they, I'm really not asking too much more out of them at this time. Um, for a couple reasons, one being I have a lot of nurses actually who are small group leaders and so they're swamped and they're busy, um, but it's kind of a nice break I think for them too just to be involved as opposed to their usual. And then as far as like small groups themselves, we are not doing any small groups right now. We don't have enough kids tuning in online to really be splitting up into groups at all. And so I try to take a little bit of what we normally would do in a small group and make that happen with our small online group. So like we've been having about 15, 16 screens or so checking in. And so like last night we did Zoom and we just did, hey, share a high and low from the week. And we'd kind of talk back and forth and say, yeah, I'm feeling that, like I'm, I'm with you on the same page. And so I actually am doing a little bit more personal stuff during this time instead of small group. So I had them journal and like I'd pause in the middle of the message and say, hey, I want you to just write down some of the anxieties and the worries that are on your heart. And then I'd talk through some stuff, we'd pray over it, and then I'd have them do more reflective personal journaling instead. So small groups are in their normal sense are not happening. Um, and I don't know if they will until we get back to normal stuff. We're actually doing them fairly normally. One thing I did the second week was I had sent all of my uh, small group leaders a text and said, hey, this week, can you reach out to everyone in your small group? You should make a contact with them, see how they're doing, uh, because we can't do our prayer journals right now because we can't hand things back and forth. Uh, so that was the first thing I did. Uh, on Easter, we've been doing Facebook Live for our messages, uh, which doesn't allow for breaking out into groups. Uh, but on Easter, we did just a small group night. It was really well attended. And my small group leaders were there. So I just divided them into their rooms. We didn't have any questions. Uh, I just wanted them to connect with each other. Uh, and then last night, we, uh, we did a hybrid of the two things. Is I, We taught on Facebook Live. And then uh, towards the end, I posted uh, the Zoom link right in the comments, as well as sent it out uh, through our youth group text. And so we went right from regular, uh, well, regular youth group for this time, uh, 
two uh, Zoom setup where we had small groups and then people were able to hang out and talk and uh, connect with other people from their small group as well as uh, with their small group leaders. So that's probably how we're going to do that going forward. Uh, we'll probably just split it uh, between the two. We'll have one on, uh, online where it's just the teaching and the games and that and they're in the comments. And then uh, second part will be um, the, the actual small groups. And I really like that. I, I miss their faces. Uh, I miss uh, their voices. Um, I'm not a hugger, so I'm not like dying to hug anyone. Um, but I really like talking to and hanging out with my students. Yep. Any other thoughts on small groups before we wrap this episode up? No. Nope. All right. Well, that, that does it for small groups. On the next episode of the Atypical Youth Ministry Podcast, we will be talking about leaving a ministry. There is no announcement forthcoming from anyone on this show, uh, <laughs> though so, some of us have experience and we are actually bringing in a guest who will be able to help us out with that. So we will see you next time on the Atypical Youth Ministry Podcast. Catch you on the flippity flip. Over and out. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.